Hello, everybody. My name is Pastor Kay, and welcome to another episode of Take Action. I am so excited about what we're going to talk about today, um, and uh, I'm si excited that you're here with me. So this is literally, this is literally one of the first times we've done this. Not, I think it may be the second time, but I'm literally going to talk about what we talked about uh, this past Sunday. Uh, if you haven't had a chance uh, to go to YouTube at Keon Henderson TV. Um, I preached a sermon called Help, I'm in Trouble, and uh, we, we brought it from Psalms 51 and 8. You know, it's a difference uh, between preaching a sermon and being able to have like a what we would call back in the day a Bible study, right? So I'm going to take what I talked about Sunday in sermon format. We're going to break it down today uh, in sort of a Bible study, conversational type feel. Uh, but before I do that, I want to make sure that you are making plans to be here with us in Houston, Texas, January 27th, 28th, and 29th at the George R. Brown Convention Center, downtown Houston, to experience what promises to be uh, one of the best events of the year, uh, which is Cry Out Conference. People from all over the country, some all over the world, are already making plans to be there Thousands have already made their plans to be in the room, and you want to make sure that you're in the room. Now, let me tell you the importance of being in the room. And I was sharing this with my wife as we were talking uh, today about me speaking with you. I said, you know, we've been talking about this importance of being in the room. And um, I said, imagine a woman giving birth to a baby. Um, the only people that are allowed to be in the room with her are people who are important and special. And if you're not important and special, you're gonna see what happened in that room after everything in that room has come outside of that room. So that's the importance of being in the room. And think about it, whether it's something at the White House, whether it's um, you know uh, an invite-only party at a celebrity's home or uh, a movie star or uh, an athlete or a, a a billionaire's brunching. Well, all of that is by invitation only, and you have to be special to be in the room. And I believe with my whole heart that cry out is one of those rooms that if you are allowed by God some way, whether it be uh, overcoming a financial hurdle, having to travel from a long distance, having to switch your schedule around to make sure you're there, cry out is gonna be one of those rooms. And you wanna make sure you're in the room because I believe that there are going to be testimonies. You can go on my Instagram page at Pastor Keon and see all of the interviews that I've had with a few of the speakers. It was insane. It was crazy. The conversations we had, imagine what's going to happen when we all get in that room together. So I want you to make sure that you are in the room. Let's break down uh, help. I'm in trouble. Psalms 51 and eight. I'm going to give you an opportunity to find it. Psalms 51 and eight. I want you to actually have it up on your Bible because I have it up on mine, on your app, Psalms 51 and 8. And this is this is a scripture uh, that David uh, actually um, is really lamenting. And by lamenting, I mean he is like how some of you all are right now, how I've been on occasion where it's kind of like, Lord God, if you don't do something soon, I'm not going to survive. If, if something doesn't break free 
for me. I'm not going to make it. And, and, and when I'm no good for me, I'm no good for you. When you're no good for you, you're no good for your husband, your wife, your child, your grandchildren, your nieces, your nephews, your boss, your business partners. I, I want you to understand that it is okay to ask for help. That we should not continuously walk around under the auspices and the guise of everything being okay. That's, that's what we do, right? How are you today? I, if I asked some of you, now I know there's some honest people on, on here, we'll be honest, but if I asked some of you, how are you today? Uh, by a show of your virtual hand, what? how many of you would say my habit is to say, I'm good, I'm cool, everything is all right, I'm not going to complain. And you know, when people say I'm not going to complain, that's another way of saying stuff is jacked up, but I ain't going to complain about it because ain't nothing you can do about it. But it's okay to say I need help. And that's what happens in Psalms 51 and 8. David says, God, my bones are crushed. My, my heart is broken. My reputation has suffered um, what I deem as an incurable blow, right? Um, I'm guilty. And why is he guilty? He's guilty because somehow, and, and we don't know all of the specifics about this interaction, but somehow he saw a woman named Bathsheba. Now, I, I would assume that this isn't the first time that he has seen her. I would assume that her beauty uh, has spread throughout the kingdom because uh, that's just the way we are as human beings. We see something that's attractive and we tell everybody about it, whether it's that nice house in your neighborhood or that one car that nobody else has or that that one beautiful here in Houston, we have a water wall and, and everybody knows about it. There are a couple of restaurants in Houston that uh, when you come here and because none of them are paying me royalties, I'm not going to tell you the names. But when you come here, people come to the city just to come to those beautiful places. So Bathsheba's beautiful. Everybody knows it. Uh, her reputation is all around. She must be one of the most beautiful women in the kingdom. And David says um, one day he just can't overcome the lure uh, of being attracted to her. And so he uh, usurps his power and has her brought to him. And uh, he sleeps with her. Uh, both of them are married. Um, it's not so much a problem for David because he's the king. And in that time, monogamy was okay. Uh, excuse me, uh, polygamy was okay. Uh, monogamy was as well. And, and, but for her, not so much because Uriah, who was one of David's chief uh, army men or, or military men, uh, she had to behold to him. Okay, so the standards were not equal. Uh, and I understand we could have an entire argument um, about uh, femininity and feminist and chauvinism and all of that. That's not what this is about. It was not okay for David uh, and, and not okay for Uriah and not okay for Bathsheba and his wife, Michael. Uh, it was it was a gumbo, right? It was It was a lot going on, but David was king. And when you were king at that time, the rules did not apply to you. Okay, so he was king. He saw what he wanted. He got it. He got her pregnant. She had a baby the, the whole nine. Like it was it was a mess and everybody knew about it. And David is remorseful. 
You remember when David was young and his reputation was growing, they were singing songs like, you know, Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his tens of thousands. And now he's a scarred king with a dying and disintegrating reputation. And now nobody's writing songs about David. And look at how it changes. <laughs> it goes from people writing songs about David to David writing songs about his destruction. And now he's saying, God, these bones are crushed. I'm embarrassed. My heart aches. I've got anxiety. I don't know what I'm going to do next. I need everybody with your virtual hand to show me how many people feel now like David felt then. You don't have to tell us why you feel that way, but I want you to emote and express in this virtual room like PK. I sometimes don't know whether I'm going or coming. Sometimes I don't know if I'm useless or useful. Sometimes I don't know if I'm going forward or if I'm going back. My life feels like the stock market. I feel like I'm doing good and all of a sudden here comes a crash. I feel like my economy is doing good and then all of a sudden here comes a recession. I feel like I'm on my growth track to, to scale at my company and then all of a sudden the company moves overseas or, or something happens in my, this, this is the mindset, the reality, if you will, of, of most of us in our life. And he basically says, God, and you got to go back and watch it uh, because uh, one of our worship leaders, uh, Kafia Rollison, sung a song uh, that was written by um, a, a local Houston legend named V. Michael McKay, The Potter's House. And, and the, the words of that song is, the potter wants to put you back together again. And that's who Jeremiah was talking to in Jeremiah 18, when he says, I went down to the potter's house. And so at this time, David is literally calling on the potter. Like, I need you to put my life back together again. I need you to literally see about me. If you don't see about me soon, I don't know what I'm going to do psychologically. I'm not sure how I'm going to make it. I'm remorseful. I'm embarrassed. I'm in this situation and I need you to make me over again. If you need God to come into your life and make something over, I just want you to type, uh, make me over. Just say, make me over, make me over, God. I need you to make me over psychologically. I need you to make me over uh, emotionally. I need you to make me over again financially. I need you to make me over again because I'm not enjoying the relationship the way I used to. I'm not enjoying the business uh, for the reason I started it. I'm not enjoying the company of my friends. I'm not enjoying life. Come on. I just want you to put in the chat, say, make me over, make me over, make me over because God will do it. He will do it. Now, in order for the potter, sometimes in order to make the clay over, he has to take it off the wheel, throw it down, get the stones out, reshape it and remold it. So sometimes you're going to have to be okay with starting over. Okay. Because sometimes we want God to make us over, but what we want him to do is we want him to want him to do it from here. God says, I might not do it from here. I might have to take you from the level you're on, take you back down and you're going to have to be okay with that. And I can tell you there's somebody in the Bible who did this. This is David. Remember when he was anointed King, he would go from being King anointed by the prophet to going back and being anointed by the sheep. And you know what I mean by that? He's going from oil to dung. He's going from palace playing the harp for Saul 
back to grass and allergies. And in order to be made over, in order for God to be able to use you, you have to be able to survive in both seasons. So everybody just type, Lord, make me over. But you have to be willing to go through that process. Now, here's what I want you to know. And this was the uh, one of the most important parts of the message as you go back and watch um, this past Sunday's message called Help, I'm in Trouble, Psalms 58, 51 and 8. In order for pottery to be useful, it has to go through heat, okay? The heat drives out everything in the pottery that's going to contribute to its weakness. I want you to imagine right now that you have a bowl or plate that you just made out of mud. And then I want you to think about going and getting some water and pouring it into that bowl. I mean, it has its shape. It is pristine. It's got the lips around on it. Everything is great. The depth is there. It's smooth on the inside. Everything about it is right. And you pour water in it. What's going to happen? The water is going to become dirty because it's going to mix in with the mud. Why? Because the pottery will only be satisfactory after it comes through the fire. Because the fire takes the pottery through a chemical change that makes the pottery useful. Here's what I want you to know. That without the fire in your life, you don't go through the change that takes you, watch this, from purpose to content. The bowl has a purpose, but without the fire, it can never adequately hold what God is trying to put in it. I need everybody to type in the chat through the fire, because I'm telling you right now that you're not going to get it through laughter. You're not going to get it through congratulations. You're not going to get it through osmosis. You're not going to get it through telepathy. You're not going to get it through vicarious experiences. You're going to get it one way, through the fire. Through the fire. That is the only way you're going to get it. That's the only way you're going to get the courage. That's the only way you're going to get the strength. That's the only way you're going to get the finances. That's the only way you're going to start the business. That's the only way you're going to get cured from the disease. It's going to be through the fire. I need everybody to type in the chat through the fire. The fire drives out everything that makes you weak. Did you hear me? It's the same thing with gold. Gold is made strong and it is fashioned into gold chains, bracelets, watches, rings through the fire. It has to be the fire. And listen to me, every time you see fire in your life, it is a signal that God is getting ready to do something in your life, or it is a signal, here it is, and I didn't say this Sunday, and don't think that you can go back Sunday and think you got it. You're gonna have to watch both of these because I feel the anointing getting ready to change even things that I said then, and here is something that I didn't think about on Sunday. 
The fire, I said Sunday, proves that you're on God's list to be used. But as I think about it differently and more in depth, the fire actually shows you two things. It either shows you that you are being used or you're about to be used. Here's, here's, here's proof of both. When Moses was getting ready to be used as the emancipator uh, to take the children of Israel out of the wilderness and through the wilderness, God gave him that, if you will, that, that call at the burning bush fire. He's literally looking at a bush that is burning. The bush is not being consumed. God is speaking to him through that bush because that fire was what started Moses's ministry. On the other hand, there's a prophet named Elijah who is arguing with people whether God is God or whether Baal is God. And God sends fire down from heaven to burn up the altar that had been soaked in wood. So that way it could prove that he was with Elijah. So the fire showed us he was going to use Moses. The fire showed us that he was already using Elijah and fire is an indication. Come here, Hebrew boys, that God is getting ready to do something in your life. Everybody put fire chat, uh, put fire in the chat. And the amount of fire that you put in the chat will show me how much fire God is getting ready to use in your life. And I'm gonna tell you, every house in your life can be on fire at the same time. Some of y'all financial house is on fire. Your relationship house is on fire. Your, your mental house is on fire. Your, your emotional house is on fire. Your confidence house is on fire. All, all of these houses are on fire, but here's what the Hebrew t boys teach us. All of that stuff can be on fire and still never burn up. All of that stuff can be on fire and never burn up. Have you ever seen on a movie where a person is on fire? If you look real close, if you look real close and, and do this the next time, anytime you see somebody on fire in a movie, I want you to zoom in. You'll see this gel like material on them because they literally set those individuals on fire. But the gel that has a fire retardant in it keeps them from actually suffering from the heat. Now, they feel the heat. It's still hot, but their skin is not burning. Their clothes are not burning because there's a barrier between them and the blaze. And I'm telling you right now that when God and you get in concert for the next season of your life, he's going to put a barrier between you and the blaze. And I don't want you to fret because you see the flames. I don't want you to quit because you see the flames. I don't want you to give up because you see the flames. The flames are actually proof that God has put you on the list to be used. Your contribution to the conversation is that when you feel that heat, you have to be able to say, help, I'm in trouble. Because sometimes you ain't got this, right? Sometimes you don't have it. Sometimes you don't know what to do next. God is taking you literally through a chemical change where you're going to think about things differently. I'm trying to get you to the point where the stuff that stresses you out now, it may make you laugh in the future. 
I, I really want you to get to the point because that's, that's really the difference in life. The difference in life is what can you handle and what can you hold? Um, the other day, I would say this is Tuesday, Monday, Sunday, three days ago, my wife had something at the church called uh, Coco Conversations in Commerce. And one lady packed up an entire truck of stuff. She came from, I believe it was Atlanta or St. Louis. I can't remember. Um, she came and she said she did so well at the business expo that it paid for her trip and transport and she had profit. And she looked me in the face and I thought she was going to say, thank you for this opportunity. My wife and I are standing there. She's got tears coming down her eyes. And she says, and she's probably watching this now because she says she watches all the time. And, and uh, if you're not embarrassed, you can identify yourself so people can see that, uh, as my kids say, this ain't cap, right? I ain't making it up. This is true. She said, um, I and my daughter almost lost it all. She was expressing life to the point where it was almost unlivable. She said, your word saved our lives. And here is what the Lord told me. She was not the only person watching that word, but there were other people watching that word who did not have a testimony that that word saved their life. They literally left the same message with the same problem. And the Lord gave me this revelation. He said, tell the people you have the same opportunity to let the same word change your life. But if you don't do with it what she did with it, it won't do for you what it did for her. Some people are listening to this word right now. You're so distracted, you can't see over your pain. You're so distracted that you can't come to grips, that you can literally have joy at the end of this conversation. So when you are gripped by your pain and you become addicted to your own dysfunction, you cannot move forward and be able to say, you know what? This word set me on the straight and narrow and changed the trajectory of my life. I need about 500 people who will refuse to leave this conversation the same way you started it. I need the chat to go crazy. I need our people on this end to be able to tell me, Pastor, we couldn't keep up with everything. that we're, I just need you to type. I'm changing. It's turning around for me. Whatever comes to your mind, I need you to put it in the chat right now. I need you to set it on fire. I need you to go crazy. I promise you this. I promise you this. As you're doing that right now, somebody is feeling virtue coming to their body. Somebody is being encouraged. This is a, we're, I want it to be so loud online right now that you imagine that you're in a room with 2000 people and everybody is screaming deliverance is coming my way. I want you to encourage everybody right now, whatever comes to your mind, because what I am telling you is if you will take this word and you tell the devil, listen, I'm back. My mind is back. My heart is back. I, I'm, I'm going to associate things differently. I'm not going to be down over who doesn't like me. I'm not going to be trying to impress everybody. I'm not going to be down because they didn't pat me on the back. I know what my motives are. I know who God called me to be. I know what my thought processes are. And since I'm coming from a great place, I'm going to enjoy the place I'm coming from and not the place they receive it. That's what... David's dilemma was is because temporarily he lost the association 
with the joy of his salvation. I hope this is helping you. And here's what the Lord told me. He says, after I take you through this fire, after I take you through this fire, um, I want you to understand what I'm actually doing as you are my vessel. Please hear the words that are coming out of my mouth. I did not know this until just a few days ago, that the Hebrew word for vessel can be translated to bag. Now, this is going to kind of be, um, you never seen me do nothing like this before. Cause normally when you see me at this camera, you probably know it's other people in the room with me, but there are, well, can you bring me that bag over there? I, I literally, I swear to you, this is not planned. It, it, this was for you, right? It's, so y'all just forgive me. I, we got to have cameramen. So I know y'all think I'm here running all these cameras and doing all these mic, but I'm not in this room by myself. This is a bag of clothes that I took off of the hanger and put them in the bag to give away. I just started doing it today. And why, why, why do I have this bag? Cause see this bag right here, if now I don't want to be, I don't want to be biased, but if you are a minority, this bag means a lot. Like if you're a minority, this bag, uh, is also a suitcase. Just think about when you moved, how much stuff you, you put your duvets, your comforters, your pillow in this bag. Um, I saw a, a hack on TikTok where if you take this bag, watch this and you put a hole on the bottom, you can drape this bag over your clothes and it becomes a, a garment bag and you can tie it at the bottom. Anybody, I got people in the room laughing. They, they all done this. Like this bag for us, for the, now I wish I had, um, Destiny, see if you can find like a, a little, I don't know what the bags are in here, but I'm talking about like a little grocery bag with the handles on it. And let me tell you something. That little bag, look over here, Destiny, on, on, in these tall cabinets on this side. If you, if you know the bag that I'm talking about, it's the little white bag. It got the handles on it. Now, sisters, that could be what? It could be an umbrella. Cause if your hair getting wet, you can put one of them bags on. Uh, when I grew up in my house, those bags went into uh, the little trash can in the bathroom. It might be over here too, Destiny. I got Destiny looking around here. She looking for bags and, and that'll work. That'll work. Bring me that target bag. That'll work. That'll work. I want you to imagine this bag is plastic, right? Now, sisters, you ain't never done this? You ain't done that? Or, or, or have you put it in a small trash bag in the bathroom, in a trash can? This bag right here, yeah, you put your lunch in it, and then you know how you do this? Everybody know what that bag looked like, sitting in the refrigerator. Right, because when I looked up the word vessel, it... <laughs> meant bag and bag by definition meant flexible container. So literally God is saying when I'm putting you in the heat, I'm actually making you flexible so you can hold whatever I put in you. Like I can put clothes in here, but I can also fill it with water. I could put gold in there. I can put cash in there. Why? Because this bag is going to take the shape of whatever I put in it. And if you stay rigid in this next season of your life, you're going to limit what God can put in you. God says, I'm taking you through the fire so you can lose the rigidness and be flexible enough so that I can put 
anything I want inside of you. You know what? My, my iPad, if I wanted to, I could put my iPad in this bag, but give me a bottle of water and it can be a gallon. My phone can fit in the gallon. But the problem is, is the top is too rigid. And even though it's big enough to fit in it, I can't get it through because the top is rigid. And God says, you're so rigid. You're so rigid that I can't get it in you. You got the capacity, but I can't get through the rigidness. And so I'm putting you through the fire to soften you up in certain areas so you can be flexible enough to hold whatever I want to put in you. I need somebody to put in the chat, Lord, make me flexible. Make me flexible. I know I said that I wasn't going to take this. And I know I said I wasn't going to take that. And I know I got my rules and I got my little book where I need to have this and I need to have that. But are you flexible? Can God change your plans? Can God do it in a different place than you anticipated? Can he do it differently than you said or suggested? Because I'm telling you that your rigidness is holding you back. Now, we have a lady in our church. She reminded me of this, and I can use a local example instead of a national example. When I said this on Sunday, um, Celine Dion, who is uh, one of the world's greatest singing treasures, uh, I remember uh, she was in Las Vegas for years. I mean, every time you went to Vegas, you went to Caesar's Palace. She was there singing, filling it up nightly. Uh, she went on uh, an interview the other day and said that she had been stricken with this um, this disease called uh, stiff person's syndrome. And and what, what it does is it keeps her from being able to move. So she's had to cancel um, some of her um, tours, literally, because she can't move. And there's a, a lady in our church uh, named Mary Youngblood uh, who reminded me uh, that her daughter has this same um, uh, syndrome, which, by the way, only affects... I'm told like one out of a million people. It's it's one of the rarest diseases or syndromes, I should say, in the earth. Literally losing mobility, not being able to do anything and thereby missing appointments and dates and opportunities for the simple fact of not being able to move. Well, I understand why Celine Dion has to miss her tour because her stiff person's disease is neurological. But what do you do when your syndrome is psychological? When you don't move because you can't find the strength to get over the past. When you don't move because you can't forgive somebody who hurt your feelings last month. Just stiff. N listen to this. Not can't move. Won't move. And your inability to be flexible is the reason you can't reach destiny. I feel like I really need to be quiet and just let you think about it. My question to you is, what is your inflexibility 
costing you. I mean, just with these two bags that I I have right here. Yeah, this this bag has a little, you know, it has a little flexibility built in, but after a while, this bag got an attitude. This bag says, I ain't going no further than this. And it, it, it means not to, because look, it's stitched all around here. I mean, it's it's manufactured so it doesn't stretch. It's it's built so that it only gives so much. This bag says, do whatever you want to do with me. Do whatever you want to pull me, stretch me. And after you finish pulling and stretching me, I'm going to return back to my original shape. You know why? Because this bag, this bag says, you know what? I don't have a long memory. You can stress me, but it is not about how you stretch me. It's about my shape. And I got to get back to my original design. Does this making sense? You, you, you have to be flexible. And that is why the fire has been introduced into your life. Hey, everybody, listen, I, I think that this lesson is important enough that we just need to stop right here. This literally is going to end up being a three week small series. You're going to have Sunday help. I'm in trouble. You've got this one that you just finished watching. And guess what? Next week, we're going to come back and we're going to start right back on this subject because I believe so many people are hurting and, and so many people are fractured and broken that this is the season for you to get your fight back and you're going to have to fight and dance on your broken bones. Listen, we're going to give today. If you're a tither, just type in the chat. I'm a tither. That means you give 10% of all of the increase that God gives you. This is the end of the year. So you want to make sure that the latter is stronger than the former. Make sure that the end of your year is strong and don't use God's money to buy Christmas gifts and to buy presents underneath the tree. Give God what's due him so you never have to make a choice. Let me tell you, I speak over your life that the time is going to come where you won't have to use credit to get Christmas presents. The time is going to come where you won't have to borrow from your savings account to fund your checking account. You're going to have both and God is able to do it all. If you're not a tither, I ask you to be a grace giver. And what do we call a grace giver here at the Lighthouse Nation? Right on Take Action. Uh, we use Psalms 112 as a great barometer for our giving. We say, you know what? We're going to give $112. Some are going to give it monthly. Some are going to give it weekly. Some of you are in a position to do it daily. They're going to put the Givelify app up and all of the other things, all of the other ways that you can give and contribute to your obligation to God and the grace that he gives in respect to that decision. And Psalms 112 says that wealth and riches shall be in my house and it shall endure forever. I speak wealth and riches in your house, in your bank account, over your family, your children's children, and it will endure forever. Be blessed in the field and in the city. And I'll see you next week as we continue for the third series straight, third opportunity straight on help. I'm in trouble. I'll see you next week.